We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm Nicholas Jones. I'm the owner of Nip and Tuck Plastic Surgery. Obviously, I'm a plastic surgeon. And I am from Morero, Louisiana. I'm Morero, man. My grandma actually lives in Morero. West Bank. Yeah, the best bank. So, let's talk about your upbringing. Like, okay. You know, actually before you became one plastic surgeon. Mm-hmm. So, you, so, you grew up on the West Bank. So. Right. So, like, tell us, I'm like, what schools did you go to and things like that? Okay, yeah, so the heart of Marrero off of uh, Ames, um, grew up, my parents, my, my, my father was a, was a truck driver, mother was a social worker, and so I went to elementary school, I went to Estelle, and believe it or not, mom was at a parent-teacher conference and found out that I, they had me in, like, a remedial reading class. And so luckily she showed up, she pulled me out, ended up going to Terrytown Academy. And then from there, uh, I didn't really wanna, you know, be with like with white people all the time. So she ended up letting me go uh, to Truman for middle school, and then I went to Shaw for high school. Okay. Ended up going to Xavier uh, undergrad where I got my degree in chemistry, LSU for medical school, did my general surgery residency at Albert Einstein my plastic surgery residency at Medical College of Augusta, and I did a microsurgery fellowship at the University of Mississippi. That's how you went to a lot of schools. Like, how many years did that take? That's a lot of training. So, <laughs> four years of college, four years in medical school, that's eight. I did a five-year general surgery uh, residency. So, that, put me at, that puts me at 13. And then I did a plastic surgery residency that's another three years, that's 16 years. So my biggest question is, how much did you owe student loans after you were finished? <laughs> so luckily, when I went to Xavier, I had I had some scholarship money, and then uh, LSU, state school, so it's not as expensive as some of the other schools, like Tulane. So probably, I probably owe about, about a buck 50 um, when, I was all, when it was all said and done. So if you could take it back, mm -hmm. Getting out of high school, right? Would you do it all over again, like go to other schools? Man, that's a tough question. Um, I, I may have done the same thing. Uh, the one biggest thing I kind of regret is majoring in sciences when I was in college, because I've always kind of been into music, been into arts. I wish I would have like majored in the arts. I still could have done. I still could have become a doctor, but I would have had a, a different background. Yeah. So, being a plastic surgeon, like, tell us on, tell us on, like, what's one average day like for you? Average day. Okay. So, I'll just tell you what a week's like. So, two days out of the week, I see patients in my office, and the other three days I operate. So, typically on an operative day, um, I try to wake up early. Uh, sometimes it's real hard. But I get up, like, around 5, 6 o'clock, 
get dressed, go to the surgery center, gotta beat the Atlanta traffic. So if you're not, if you if I don't leave my house by like 6.30, then I'm gonna be late. Uh, go see my first patient, mark them. Already in my mind, I'm thinking about, on, on my ride there, I'm thinking about how I'm gonna execute do that surgery, finish that one up, and then I usually do like about three three surgeries a day. And then once the day's over, um, just make sure the last patient's taken care of, and then I, then I kind of end my day. Sometimes I go to the gym in the morning. Uh, lately, I haven't been going to the gym because work has really been kicking my ass, but uh, that's what a typical surgery day is like. And then the office, office hours are, are really long. Um, usually it's like from eight to five. But there's always something to do after like every day um, as a business owner I think this goes for anyone you always have little fires that you got to put out and so you just have to prioritize things and sometimes it can be really stressful so how did you come up like well how did you come up on like with the name I'm like for your company so man believe it or not so I was thinking of even before I finished my training I was thinking of a name that I could use. Uh, I initially just wanted to use my name, but somebody had already taken that. And so I was just kind of thinking, I was like, man, Nip and Tuck. And I know they had a surgical uh, a show called Nip Tuck, but it was Nip Tuck. And so I said Nip and Tuck, and it just kind of stuck with me. I was playing around, and I, I, I realized the name wasn't taken, so I rolled with it. So, you know... I'm like, you do BBLs, you know, and we have to get in this, like, you know, they have so many concerns, like, on the mm -hmm. media and the world, like, you know, they have women dying from BBL, and, and like, they got, and they have surgeons overseas that's put anything in women. Right. So, like, we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I want you to like chime in, like, on the pros and the cons of actually getting one on that BBL. Okay, so a Brazilian butt lift is a surgical procedure where we take fat, we suction out fat from one part of your body and you transfer the fat to your butt. And the reason why there's a higher mortality rate is because people or surgeons, or some of them aren't even surgeons, they're putting the fat in the muscle. And so beneath the muscle are blood vessels. So the fat, you know, you're, you're moving the cannula back and forth and you lacerate or cause an injury to the one to those blood vessels the fat goes into the blood vessel gets back into your heart gets into your lung and you have uh, fat emboli and that's lethal you can die from that so when you're doing the proper way to do a bbl is to place the fat or the safe way is to put the fat into the subcutaneous layer or into everywhere there's fat so you have skin you have the dermis then you have subcutaneous fat Beneath the fat is the muscle. So you get into trouble when you're putting it in the muscle. Another place where you have problems or, or potential problems, like you have these places, they're like uh, factories. Like they do a whole bunch of surgeries. They do them really fast and you know, they cut corners. And so when you cut corners, 
uh, with people's lives, you can end up, you know, causing problems. And that's not to say that a plastic surgeon, a board certified plastic surgeon, um, they don't have complications. It's just the it's done in a more careful way. Like there there's certain things that you shouldn't do, and there's certain corners that you shouldn't shouldn't take. Certain shortcuts you shouldn't take. So, it's my question you know, to you. Um, so, I want you to give like a little advice to someone that's thinking about getting plastic surgery, like uh -huh. like, like changing their face or something like that. So, I think I think first and foremost, um, you have to think about why you're getting the surgery done. Like, what exactly you're trying to accomplish. Um, make sure it's something that you want to do for yourself, um, and you're not doing it for someone else. And then you have to be realistic. Um, I personally, when I do surgeries, I try to make it look nat as natural as possible. Like you don't want to do a BBL on someone and they have a big ass butt and some small ass legs. Like it's, it's, they look like, they look like toothpicks, like two cherries on, a, on, on some toothpicks. So you don't want to do that. And so I think it's really important to find out, to do some research, know your surgeon, Make sure your surgeon is board certified. Make sure they have all their credentials. If you have complications, you want to know where your surgeon has hospital privileges. Uh, look at their work. Um, and then just make sure they're actually a plastic surgeon because there's a lot of people going out, going around saying, you know, they're certified to do certain, to, to do these procedures. And they may be an internist. Like I wouldn't go to uh, a cardiologist and try to get my 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 arm fixed or, or my shoulder scoped. It's the same thing with plastic surgery. You want to go to someone who's Certified. who has a pro appropriate training. So you know, I, like as soon as you said, I was about to start laughing and chime in about like if my girls have you know these surgeries and they have small legs. So every time I go to the airport in Atlanta, I always call them popsicles. Yeah. So it'd be like the skinniest girls with like skinny legs. Yeah. And like they butt look like that on popsicle, like a if yeah. a little sucker that's got like this little string on it. It looks fake. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of like. I, and they be walking like on like kangaroos. Yeah. I think of it <laughs> like always like New Orleans is my foundation. So like I feel like some of the best barbers in the world come from New Orleans. Okay. And so when you go to a barber shop, you can go to like 20 different barbers and ask for a haircut the same haircut and it may look completely different and so that's the same thing when I look when I think about surgery when I do surgeries like I I mean the patient they tell me what they want but naturally for me I try to make patients look I try to make it look symmetric I try to make it look harmonious try to make it look natural and so uh, most of the people who come to me they come because they want a more natural look gotcha yeah so, being with plastic surgery, um, um, tell us what do you enjoy most about it, and tell us what do you actually um, hate about it. What I enjoy the most is when I have a patient and they come in and they have the surgery, and they it changes their life. Like they have they they're more confident, they they have more swag, like they're happy. It changes for a lot of patients. It can change their lives. And so I, I appreciate that and I, I love that aspect. Uh, one thing that I do not like or one, one thing I don't like is um, 
like the business of plastic surgery like sometimes um just running a business it, that, that shit could be stressful like, like like i said you're always putting out fires and i, I don't think that'll ever change um it's just learning how to manage and prioritize like what what's most important gotcha. so speaking on it like has there ever been has there ever been one point in your I mean, plastics on I mean, a surgery career when I mean, we just want to I'm like give up and you know, like do something else um give up that's a good question uh I I'm not gonna say I wanted to get I'm not gonna say I wanted to give up but there's been times like I I question whether or not I should have opened my own business because like I said I, at the end of the day it's all on you like you have people they work for you um, if they're not doing their job then it all kind of affects what I do but at the end of the day it's all on me so um, it's, a, it's a lot of weight to carry uh, and then just dealing with people like employees it's, it can it can be it can be a challenge so what I've learned just from being in business is that you need to surround yourself with with like-minded people and people just good people if you if you get if you get a good employee that's that's honest and you know that's hard working you got to do whatever you can to keep them gotcha. so can you give us well not give us um what's your advice to one I'm a younger person out there who's mm -hmm. probably in college who's interested in becoming a plastic surgeon. That's a great question. I would say if you're interested in plastic surgery or whatever you are interested in, find out what it takes to get to that level or to that point in life and figure out how you can get there. And I think if you're in college, one thing that I think makes a big difference is actually seeing it like live in person like so if you can find a mentor or find a plastic surgeon that's willing to maybe let you come shadow them for a few days that could that could be life-changing and so I've had the opportunity to uh, have students shadow me I mentor students and that that's another thing that actually brings me more joy than uh, doing surgery like when I have students who've gone on and become uh, doctors or they've got accepted into medical school that that brings me a lot of joy and I think um, you know exposure at an early age um, is the best that's the best best way to get started like early exposure so you kind of have a more in-depth knowledge of what exactly goes on because you may find out like damn they may like damn like this, this is not really for me or you may have someone who you just cut that light switch on they ready and so you just give them the information and they already know what they know what to do okay so what separates on I mean, your company on um, like from the on um, like from the on um, the other ones um, that's the actually other, out there okay yeah that's a good question uh a few things one um me um a very personable person and i care like I don't, I don't think you find another plastic surgeon that cares as much as I do. Like I'm not going to do something that I, I don't think is in your best interest. 
Like, if you want something crazy and outlandish, I'm not going to do it. If I feel like it's not safe for you to get it done, whether it's because you smoke or you have underlying medical conditions, we're not going to do the surgery. And even if I have to send you somewhere else, then that's what we'll do. So I see a lot of uh, like males trying to get like plastic surgery now, a lot like with the abs. Like mm -hmm. you, get, you see like a high like risk in that or like a lot of people starting to come to you for that? So believe it or not, um, back, I would say a couple of years ago, it wasn't as common, mm -hmm. but now more men are coming. Like it's become more acceptable. Like guys used to kind of be like, oh, I'm gonna go to the gym. But um, you know, I have a, I have a, a decent size, uh, LG, LGB, yeah, I, uh, I, I have a lot of, uh, I got a lot of guys coming in now. And then even, even like, like athletes, mm -hmm. like sometimes they just want little areas touched up. what do you think was like the, the recent like rise of that? Like, is it just like social media? Mm -hmm. I think, I think everybody wants to look good and nobody wants to really put in the, the effort. Like nobody want to go to the gym. Like if you just go have surgery and you know get your body tightened up, why not? Or a lot of times I have people who say, hey doc, like I've been eating right, I've been going to the gym, but I just got this one little area that I just can't get right. And so I get a lot of those. Now, I know you say people lazy and don't want to work out. So like what happens when they get the plastic surgery? And like uh, how they maintain that if uh, they don't that's work a, out? That's a great question. So. When I see patients before surgery, I always tell them, like, in order for you to maintain this result, you got to make some lifestyle changes. So that's diet, mostly diet. I say 90% of it is diet. So if, you, if you're eating a lot of uh, carbs like bread, pasta, candy, sodas, you're doing all that, you, you're probably not going to be able to maintain your results, even if you exercise religiously. So it's really the diet. And a lot of patients, um, they'll get the work done and it's sort of like a jump start for them to change their life. Like they, they look at themselves and they're like, damn, like this, I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really loving my results. And it just kind of inspires them, encourages them to, to make some lifestyle changes. You ever had any of those patients that like say they want, was gonna make those changes and then came back oh, and like, yeah. you got to oh, rework on them? Oh my gosh. I had this I had this one lady, she was like, should I have this surgery because I'm I'm thinking about having another child. And she was like, you know what, I'm done. I talked to my husband, we done. Soon as she had the surgery, like six months later she was pregnant. <laughs> or then I have the other patients, uh, I had some ladies who had surgery before COVID and they gained they came they come in a, come into the office with this little 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 disappointed look. And um, you know they end up needing surgery again. And also, I see a lot of like people getting addicted to surgery. You ever had like somebody that just constantly come back and like you had to tell them like you know you should maybe think about stopping or it's like a yeah. Risk? So so if they if they if I feel like they I can't do anything for them, then I'll just tell them. Like sometimes they'll you have patients who want like little minor things fixed. Like to the average person. It doesn't exist, but you know they they just become addicted to the the fad, to the trend of surgery, and they just want to keep getting stuff done. Like I've had patients who've come in 
and told me that they wanted to look like someone off of the, the real housewives. I'm like, well, what did they get done? It's like, I don't know, but that's what I want. So yeah, I'll turn them down. If I don't think they're a good candidate, I'll turn them down because you don't want to operate on someone and have them in your office every day complaining about like the most minuscule thing. It becomes a headache for you and your staff. Do y'all have like any like patients with like, you know, like if you're flying and this person is banned from this airline, do y'all have anybody that's like in like a surgeon market? Oh, like can they be banned yeah. from getting yeah, surgery? So, so I've had patients who, um, that I've had to turn down or I've had patients who've like had procedures or like products like lip fillers for example I had this girl um, came to the office she wanted she said she wanted some dick sucking lips that's what she said that was her exact words and so we gave her a syringe we put in a syringe and you know she wasn't she wasn't happy with that usually we only do one syringe and so she wanted more and we gave her more and then like a couple of weeks later she was like highly upset and so um we had to just sometimes it's better to just give them their money back and just cut ways because it's, it's just going to be a headache so yeah i've had to do that before hey so tell us I'm like, what's next for you? What's next? Man, right now, I'm just trying to... So this year number two, we just... Actually, I just finished my second year. So right now, um, I just got a new practice manager. And so I'm just trying to iron out all the operational uh, glitches. And then once we get that stabilized, I want to expand. Uh, it's always been my dream to have an office in New Orleans. So that's what I, that's really what I want to do. I want to come to New Orleans, open up a spot, and then obviously, in order to do that, I'm gonna need some more plastic surgeons. Okay. Yeah. And and also, uh, but last but not least, tell everyone, I'm mean, like, what can they find you on social media? Okay. In your company. All right. So, the website drnipandtuck.com. That's D-R-N-I-P-A-N-D-T-U-C-K on Instagram. Same thing. Dr. Nip and Tuck or Nip and Tuck Plastic Surgery.